Kathy Zaka. Hi, I'm Susan Offen. And I'm Laura Potter. And we're your host today for Pure Truth. We want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for listening. Wow, I never thought we would get this far. Right? Yeah. <laughs> welcome to season two of Pure Truth Podcast. Wow, yay! yay! We're so glad you're listening and ready to hear more revelation that God has poured into us. So let's get started. Yeah. Today, our topic will be on the power of our words. And our scripture for today is from Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it, for death or life. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, the Lord gave me a vision recently on the power of our words, and I'll share that word at the end of the episode. You know, it was powerful, and it really hit me right in my heart. You know, Jesus asked me to talk about this, and I readily agree because it's just so important. You know, we all know the enemy works diligently at destroying all of God's children, right? So the words we speak are a powerful tool that he uses to not only harm ourselves, but others also. It could start with someone calling you stupid at school when you were a child. You've experienced that, right, Laura? Mm-hmm. Yep. about it before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you were called stupid in your home. You know, that's unfortunate, but it does happen. That yeah. happened too. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, that one word could completely derail your entire life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because some people just start believing that they're stupid. They truly don't believe that they're smart. And that one word opens up the door for all the other words that go with it, like mm-hmm. dumb or you're an idiot, you're a slow learner, yep. never going to amount to anything, I'm never going to be successful, you know, and so on. Right. Yeah. It almost becomes like self-talk because yes. you're hearing it so much. Well, yeah. Right. And then you've got uh. the self-hatred and the rejection. All those things just, they it piles on. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, Snowball. Because of somebody speaking that over you. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And that's exactly what the enemy wants, because God created you for good things. He spoke good things about who and what you are before you were even in your mother's womb. He spoke words of life and blessing over you before you were born, right? Right. The enemy knows this, and he doesn't want you to ever discover what God spoke about you or why God created you. And Jeremiah 1.5 says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. And then Psalm 139, verses 13 through 17, they say, or it says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. The words we speak have the power to either bless or curse someone. We could even do this to ourselves. Now, I can't tell you how many times I've said, I have a headache that just won't seem to go away. Mm -hmm. And guess what? It stays way longer than it should. Mm -hmm. Instead, I should be saying, headache, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, and I command you to leave right now. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Our words, just changing the way we think. Mm -hmm. That's just a mild example, but it proves that our words have power. So today we're going to focus and discuss the power of our words and why it's so important to speak positive things about ourselves and others instead of negative things. Right. Susan, you want to get us started? Sure. Yes. The words we speak have power. 
Charles Cap says, Christianity is called the Great Confession, but most Christians who are defeated in life are defeated because they believe and confess the wrong things. Right. They have spoken the words of the enemy, and those words hold them in bondage. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 6, 1 through 2 says, Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Faith-filled words will put you over. Fear-filled words will defeat you. Right. Words are the most powerful thing in the universe. Mm-hmm. Yes. God spoke all of creation into being from the very beginning. We are here on this earth right now, breathing the air we breathe, because he spoke us into existence. Yep. In Genesis 1, 1 through 3, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God said, Light was good. And he separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and he called darkness night. Yes. Each continual verse, God speaks the rest of all creation into being, including us, man, when he said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. All the way to chapter 2 in Genesis verse 3, which on the seventh day is when he rested. Right. Yeah. He even showed us how to rest. Yes. Right. And gave us the Sabbath. Right. God shows us from the very beginning of time of all creation of the entire Bible, the power of the spoken word. God was showing us right from the beginning of how we were to follow him and speaking boldly the words we establish on earth. He created us in his image and his very likeness. And that means we are to mimic him in every way including speaking things into existence as well as the way we bless or curse others. Right. Good. Yeah. We certainly gained authority when he sent his only son to die for us. We just need to speak knowing we have the authority to set the principles of faith based on spiritual laws by the words of our mouths. Right. Charles Cap said, This is spiritual law. God never does anything without saying it first. God is a faith God. God released his faith into words, and Jesus answering said to them, Have faith in God. Ephesians 5.1 tells us to be imitators of God as children imitate their parents. To imitate God, you must talk like him and act like him. Yep. So he would not ask you to do something you're not capable of doing. Jesus was imitating his father and getting the same results as his father. For example, while he was on earth, he spoke to the wind and sea. He spoke to demons. He spoke to the fig tree. He even spoke to dead men. All of these were obedient to what he said. Right. In Matthew twenty-one eighteen through 22, it talks about Jesus telling the disciples they can pray for anything. Early in the morning, as he was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately, the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly? They asked. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So here Jesus is also referencing the strength of our faith. Right. Mm-hmm. right? Why did Jesus curse the fig tree? This wasn't a thoughtless, angry act, but an acted-out parable. Jesus was showing his anger at religion without substance. 
Just as the fig tree looked good from a distance, but was fruitless on close examination, so the temple looked impressive at first glance, but its sacrifices and other activities going on, like the money changers, were hollow because they were not done they were not done to worship God sincerely. If we only appear to have faith without putting it to work in our lives, we're like the fig tree that withered and died because it bore no fruit. Genuine faith means bearing fruit for God's kingdom. Right. Jesus had righteous anger. He became angry, but he didn't sin. We as Christians have a right to be upset about sin and injustice and should take a stand against them. That's good. Right. So speaking of fruit, in Luke six forty three through 45, Jesus teaches about fruit in people's lives. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Right. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes <laughs> or grapes from briars. Right. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Right. That's good. Uh, here Jesus reminds us that our speech and actions reveal the true underlying beliefs, attitudes, and motivations. The good impressions we try to make cannot last if our hearts are deceptive. What's in our hearts will come out in our speech and behavior. Yes. You know, when I was growing up, this is how it worked in my family. Yeah. But my family's last name was Murphy. So we recited Murphy's Law all the time. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Murphy's Law is if anything can go wrong, it probably will. Oh, my God. And we, you know, sometimes we laugh and joke around. But so if something went wrong out of our control, for example, something as simple as burning toast or more frustrating, like experiencing a huge unexpected snowstorm on a big travel day, we would say, well, that's Murphy's Law. Like, this was bound to happen. Wow. Like you were speaking curses over yourself. Right. You didn't realize it. Right. Yeah. And now, in retrospect, I can see the negative influence that had on me. I, right. I no longer claim that as my attitude or truth. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And things happen, and we can choose how to react to them. We are not bound by anyone's law. That's right. Let's drop that quote. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not a good one. No. Mm -hmm. Christianity alone sets before us the greatest hope the world has ever seen. That power of God, the power of God Almighty, is stronger than the power of trouble and death in this world. Mm -hmm. That is our hope as Christians. Even if we're joking at the time, there's still something to be said about laying claim to that law verbally. Wow. I love the way that Simone Weil sums up trouble. She says, The extreme greatness of Christianity lies in the fact that it does not seek a supernatural remedy for suffering, but a supernatural use for it. God puts his super on our natural so we cannot fail. That's good. Right. I like that. You know, Murphy's Law says if anything can go wrong, it probably will. But the gospel of Jesus Christ says that when things do go wrong, God is in the midst of the trouble to enlighten us. That's our quote. That's our quote. <laughs> there you go. Right? <laughs> Obscenity and coarse joking are so common today that we begin to take them for granted. Mm -hmm. Sarcasm, yeah. too. Right. That's yep. good. I've heard sarcasm is veiled anger yeah yeah yes i agree with that yeah and even the whole obscenity thing you know it's so common that it's not even just curse words it's just slang it's just all of the words that some of the younger generations using and and even some of the older people they're just we don't realize how 
bad we've gotten off course mm-hmm. and the things that come out of our mouth. Right. Words yes. that people say today yeah. were like big, bad, boo-boo words when I was a kid. Big, bad, boo-boo yeah, words. Seriously, like, yeah, seriously. Yeah. I got in trouble. Yeah. When we oh, were, yeah. I think my sister got in trouble when we were younger. I couldn't even say like, dang it or darn it. Well, know? right. But right. Well, that leads my, to right. the other stuff. But it was things like, I mean, it was so to the point of like my sister said, oh, geez, like that. She that's got in trouble us. because that's that's short for saying Jesus. And so she had to write it, I will not say Jesus, like, right. like I don't know how many times, yeah. but I just remembered that. It like stuck in my head. Right. And so I've always been like more self-conscious about the words, you know, that I say, especially if it's the Lord's name. Right. We don't, that's the one thing that drives me crazy is saying words. the Lord's name. Yeah, saying GD, you know, in a movie or something like that. And I'm like, and that's one thing that they don't take out. That they it think was, that's acceptable. Right. It was, for me, it was movies, they do that. But when you watch television shows, they would allow the, the other worse words like the, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, which ones, the really yeah. bad ones. Yes. But they would allow the GD. Right. That's and what I'm, I'm saying. Like, what? How is that? They okay? allow that in, but they, they. But they bleep out the other ones. And I'm like, they're, right. Right. they're mm-hmm. all bad. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why are we even right. saying this word? Like, if anything, the GD is the worst that you could do. Right. To blaspheme God yeah. and Your his creator? name. I'm just like, well, that's a curse. whoa, you know. And so it, it's a big turnoff for me when I watch movies like me that. Too. Because too. it just makes me like, you know what? I just don't really want this movie. Yeah. You know, because right. it just, they said that over and over and right. over again. So I'm like, nah. But you know, it also has to do with, with us growing. We're so much closer to God now than mm-hmm. we were in our younger years. Because my younger, younger years, it didn't offend me as bad. I mean, it did. There was times that it did, but it, it's just like it's built up as a, the closer but I've gotten to God. you weren't a Christian when, in your right. younger years, right. see? see right. And to me, it, it bothered oh, me. Oh, yeah, because you've been And it was like in my home, right. right? You know, we couldn't talk like that. Yeah, and, and, and it just didn't. But as the year, as I've gone closer to God. You I, become I'm much more sensitive to it. Right. Right. It's much more offensive. Right. Because, right. because the Holy Spirit's going, uh-uh-uh. Uh, you can't do careful, that. Careful, careful, Kathy. You speak those words because those, <laughs> right. those are, one, you're saying bad things about your your creator mm-hmm. and two you're saying curses you know mm-hmm. you're cursing other yes. people you're saying curses over yourself don't mm-hmm. do that right? yeah right recently i bought a book oh yeah really? <laughs> another book <laughs> that um, i'm so surprised <laughs> she has an addiction yes i do <laughs> it was at um the deliverance conference and oh yeah each chapter there are much deeper roots mm-hmm. to cuss words. What was the title of that book? I think profanity. I don't know. We'll have to. I don't remember. But it had to do with profanity. Yeah, it was. It and was the def- curses that you're speaking, but not only on other people, but on yourself. Exactly. And by depth, saying those words. They have depth. There's meaning behind Definite it. depth. And yeah. each chapter's. And they have an origin a different where word. those words come from. Right. Yes. So, you know. We don't know. Yep. Uh, what we don't know. Mm-hmm. So Paul cautions, however, that improper language, like we're talking about, mm-hmm. should have no place in the Christian's conversation yeah, because it does not reflect God's gracious presence in us. Right. You know, I, and I'm just going to say real quick, because this is one thing that has, like, really bothered me. Yeah. You know, speaking of what's on our hearts, yeah. you know, we started that series of, right. of episodes, but it just bothers me that I see many, many Christians that look no different from the rest of the world. Right. 
And that's that's why Paul was cautioning them, you yes. know, because, you know, Paul was reaching the Gentiles. So he's getting a lot of people that came from a pagan background. Right. And so he's having to really basically teach them how to live, right. how to speak, how to conduct their lives like right. Christ. And so anyway, it just it kind of bothers me, you know, that I'll I'll be around other Christians and I see them talking, you know, <laughs> like the rest of the world. Right. And I'm like, whoa, you know, and but yet. If no one's taught them that, they don't know it. And if they haven't really, you know, scoured through the word of God and seen it for themselves and and the Holy Spirit convicted them, you know, if you're not reading your Bible, you're not going to really be convicted about about many things, right? You're not going to see that God's truth isn't lining up with my life. And so I think that's another part, you know, of our issue in the church is that Many Christians don't really read the Bible. They they may skim through it right. or read a verse here at church one week, and next week they read another verse that someone introduces in the sermon. Yeah, but they but don't have to it in spend their that time studying the Word of God at home, they don't do that. That's that's where you see start seeing the changing right. coming from within your heart. Right. It's a personal conviction. God's Word is alive. Right. 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 And it teaches us and shows us and trains us and, and gives us wisdom and all the things, all the things of, yeah. of the kingdom. Because yeah. God says that we're to be set apart and holy, right? like a priest. We are a priest and a king to our God, and so we have to act like it. That's why our church is in the shape that's in today. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, they, they say that they believe in God, but they're not making changes to live a godly life. You may be a church goer, right. but you're not living a Christian discipled life. Right. You know, you're not a true disciple of Christ. And, you, and that's between you and the Lord. You're going to have to, you know, kick it in the Well, game. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's something that, that's why we're talking about it, because right. these are some things that we're seeing and we're going, okay, this doesn't line up, Right. you know? Yeah, you don't get condemned, you get convicted right. of what to do. Exactly. That's right. I'm thinking of an example, the church parking lot. When everybody leaves. Oh, yes. How's the behavior? <laughs> You oh, cut people yeah, off. Right. For, no, I've or, been there and done that. And I'm like, you just walked out of church. What's uh, wrong with you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got to beat the lunch crowd to go to lunch. <laughs> so what right. Got to go home and watch the cowboy game. Maybe Get some out the hand way. signals. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know. Some hand signals, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're, all, we're all guilty of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we have to be careful about the words that come out of our mouth right. and our hand signals. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of joking, in Ephesians 5, where it says, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, Mm -hmm. which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. I'd like to talk about something I found in my life application Bible that talks about the four tongues described in the book of Proverbs. I think it's chapter 26. What we say probably affects more people than any other action we take. Right. The first two should be copied while the last two should be avoided. Okay. So the first two is the controlled tongue. Those with the speech pattern think before speaking. They know when silence is best and give wise advice. And the caring tongue, those with the speech pattern should speak truthfully while seeking to encourage. And the last two, the conniving tongue, those with the speech pattern are filled with wrong motives, gossip, slander, and a desire to twist truth. And the careless tongue, those with this speech pattern, are filled with lies, curses, quick-tempered words, which can lead to rebellion and destruction. That's good. Mm -hmm. I like that. Spoken words program your spirit or your heart, either to success or defeat. I like what Charles Capp says, words are containers. They carry faith 
or fear, and they produce after their kind. It's really good. Yeah. In Romans ten seventeen, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Mm-hmm. Faith comes more quickly when you hear yourself quoting, speaking, and saying the things God said. Cap tells us we're more readily receive God's word into your spirit by hearing yourself say it than if you hear someone else say it. That's yeah. true, because I say things out loud just to help myself memorize oh, it. I do it too. Yeah. You know? But the right. more you say things out loud, like reading prayers aloud right. over yourself, it's just building your faith. Right. It's cementing it. in. That's why I call it cementing it inside of me. Right. You know? It does. Helps you remember it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, there's been times in my life in the past when I wasn't aware of the power of my words yes. <laughs> in which I've spoken out the outcome to be negative before it even happened. <laughs> a small example would be driving up to a traffic light in a huge hurry trying to get my kids to school on time and saying, oh, it's going to turn red. We're not going to make the green light, guys. <laughs> I can totally hear you say that. <laughs> on two wheels. Yes. <laughs> I always think of glum. From the Gulliver's Travels, you know, yeah. and he's like, we'll never make it. <laughs> <laughs> or Eeyore from, you know, Winnie the Pooh. Uh, yes. Oh, bother. <laughs> <laughs> I always, always used to tease my son about that because he loved Winnie the Pooh. Yes. Oh, bother. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe that was leftover from the Murphy's Law. I have no idea. Yeah. But mm-hmm. first of all, what in the world was I teaching them? <laughs> right, right. Negativity. Watch right. me, kids. <laughs> <laughs> do what I do. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Was it making me more comfortable to predict a negative outcome so I wasn't let down if it did actually happen? Oh, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I know I'm going to fail, so I'm just going to set it up right here. <laughs> How many times have we done that? Not even thinking. This right. words just fly out of your mouth. Right. Well, you yeah. Know? We repeat what we've heard so all So silly. Lives, you know? Yeah. This is a small example, but what are we, first of all, thinking and most especially speaking from our hearts? Yeah. I also have caught myself speaking negative, negatively to myself about myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And deliverance taught me this is not me. Yeah. It's a spirit that makes you think it's a first person voice. So my own voice. It's an unloving spirit who's warring against me. Mm -hmm. And when our speech is motivated by Satan, it's full of bitterness, envy, selfish ambition, earthly concerns and desires, unspiritual thoughts and ideas, disorder, evil. I mean, hello. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Right. God in his wisdom, mercy, love for others, peace, consideration for others, submission, sincerity, impartiality, and righteousness. Those are the things of God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, contrary to the traffic light story, when I began learning about the power of the spoken word, I was stuck one day, and it happened to be extremely hot outside. My car wouldn't start in the parking lot, and I called my daughter who was driving home from school, and she came to meet me. I remember this. For those of you that don't live in Texas, it <laughs> gets hot. hot. Super hot. <laughs> yeah. I was starting to think the car was going to have to be towed because I spent a long time trying to get it to start. I had to walk in the store a couple of times to cool off. Yeah. I had just left Bible study and remembered hearing about the power and authority we have to speak out in faith a desired outcome if it be in God's will and timing. Yeah. 
And so I spoke out and I commanded the car was going to start in the mighty name of Jesus. And it did. (laughs) It did. Power to luck. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. (laughs) I drove it straight to the car mechanic, left it running and gave him the keys without turning it off. And sure enough. Your your problem. Right. Here, dude, take it. (laughs) Yeah. Sure enough, the starter broke. That's what was wrong. Uh Yeah. Another story in the Bible that shows the importance of words is the story of Ananias and his wife Sapphira in Acts 5. They sold a parcel of land and donated the part of the sale proceeds to the church, but they conspired to lead the Apostle Peter and others to believe they donated the entire sum. For conspiring to lie as they did, they were struck dead. Mm-hmm. It says in Acts 5, 1-10, through 10, Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back parts of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it to that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then the young man came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that's the price. Peter said to her, How could you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young man came in and, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about the events. Mm -hmm. The sin Ananias and Sapphira committed was not stinginess or holding back part of the money, It was their choice whether or not to sell the land and how much to give. Their sin was lying to God and God's people, saying they gave them the whole amount, but holding back some for themselves and trying to make themselves appear more generous than they really were. Yeah, it was was the word they spoke, right? Exactly. The word that they spoke cursed cursed them. them, Yes. Don't do that. Right. You just have no idea the power of your words. Right. 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 So don't, Mm -hmm. don't say things that are... That would anger God. And again, right. you know, the, the words that we speak, we forget who we are. Yeah. And that we're to be holy right. to the Lord. And and you can't lie. Right. You can't lie right. to God. No, he sees and knows all. Right. Yeah. But the point I was making about that is that there's just people have forgotten about being holy before God, that they are holy and right. made in his likeness. Right. And they think they can get away and lie to God. You can't lie to God. The yeah. Holy Spirit knows everything. Yes. And that's what he was, you know, showing to Peter as Peter said, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you speaking these words? You didn't have to even sell the land. Right. You know, you didn't have to do it. Exactly. But you're just trying to look good in front of other people. That doesn't work in the church. And I mean, they, you're, they you're were struck with, they, they were dead. Right. struck dead right then and right. there and that's why it filled so much fear in the church was like wait a minute we can't act like we always did right we have to step it up and be holy yes and change right. everything about our behavior yes. our words our behavior our actions everything has yeah. to change right and that's where we have that disconnect today 
Yes. People don't understand the importance of our words, the importance of our actions, and being holy. Yeah. You know, we've got to get back to being a people that are holy. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah, this act was judged harshly because dishonesty, greed, and covetousness are destructive in the church, preventing the Holy Spirit from working effectively. All lying is bad, Mm -hmm. but when we lie to try to deceive God, like you said, Laura, Mm -hmm. and his people about our relationship with him, we destroy our testimony about Christ. Right, right. Right. God's judgment on Ananias and Sapphira produced shock and fear among the believer, making them realize how seriously God regards sin in the church. Right. And, you know, in Job 27, 2 through 6, Job continues his discourse with Bildad. As long as I have life within me, the breath of God in my nostrils, my lips will not speak of wickedness, and my tongue will utter no deceit. I will never admit you are in the right till I die. I will not deny my integrity. I will maintain my righteousness and never let go of it. Job will not lie about his integrity simply to justify his friends and their assertions that Job is suffering because he's an evildoer. And here's how Job is thinking. His friends are promising him blessings like he had before his trial started if he only turns from his sin and starts praying to God. But Job knows that he's not suffering because of sin. Right. Mm-hmm. He's remained righteous and is not at all involved in what his friends are claiming. A lesser man would probably cave and just confess some fake sin in order to get back on God's good side, right. if that were even possible. Right. But Job isn't going to do that. The righteousness in his own life that assures him that his friend's accusation against him are totally baseless is the same righteousness that will not allow him to pretend to repent just so he can get all the blessings back from God. Right. In the midst of accusations, Job was able to declare that his conscience was clear. Mm-hmm. Only God's forgiveness and the determination to live rightly before God can bring a clear conscience. Yes. How important Job's reaction became as he was being accused Like Job, we can't claim sinless lives, but we can claim forgiven lives. And when we confess our sins to God, he forgives us. Then we can live with clear consciences. Right. You know, that in the previous story with Ananias and Sapphira, you know, they were speaking words from their own mouth that brought the curses on them. Right. right? And in this story, someone was speaking curses over Job, but he did not come into agreement with it. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Exactly. It's just so awesome. Those are are great examples Mm -hmm. of how, you know, you could speak curses over yourself, yeah, or somebody else could speak curses over you. But mm-hmm. You just don't come into agreement with it, right? 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 Right. Yeah, right? The confession of our mouths is a powerful weapon against the enemy, yes. right? Proverbs eighteen twenty one teaches the power of life and death is in the tongue. We can speak life to ourselves and death to the enemy's plans of defeat and destruction. Yes. Mm-hmm. For example, words of thanksgiving are devastating to the enemy. He absolutely hates to hear a thankful person talking about the goodness of God. Right. Hebrews 4.12 teaches us that the word of God is a sharp two-edged sword. I like how Joyce Meyer gives the visual of one edge of the sword defeats Satan and the other releases the blessings of heaven. Yes. It's good. Yeah. Ephesians 6.17 teaches us that the sword of the spirit wields the word of God is part of the armor we need to effectively wage spiritual warfare. Yeah. In the Psalms, David frequently makes statements such as, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. On him I lean and rely, and in him I confidently trust. Mm -hmm. That's Psalm 92 too. 
This reminds me to think about what I say about the Lord. Like, I need to say right, good things, yes. mm-hmm. not just think them. Right. It's really important to say them as well as verbalize thanksgiving and praise. Speaking of, we have a friend in our Bible study that is a wonderful example of doing this. She has so much scripture memorized that she can recite a needed scripture at the right time. Yes. I have witnessed her doing this while life circumstances have been challenging, and there she is dancing for joy and shouting praise because she knows what the enemy hates, and it brings her joy. Yeah. It releases God's power over the situation. Right. Well, you know, worship dispels the enemy. Yeah. It's so, well, right. I know who she's talking about in our Bible study, and this this woman is just on fire. Yeah. Like if something comes up in her life and she she's like the rest of us, you mm-hmm. know, we all get stuff thrown at us. She's had a lot of stuff thrown she at her. Had, yes. Especially recently. And, mm-hmm. and just she just speaks. It just flies out of her. I, I told her one time, her I said, you have a waterfall of the word coming yes. out of yes. her. Right. <laughs> she's just so, it's so powerful to see how, to see her in action. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. It builds my faith. It, mine too. Mm-hmm. All of our faith, yeah, like right. it's just really and and we'll awesome. say this: her name is Faith. That's her first name. I'm not going to give her anything, but her first name is Faith, and she lives her name. Yes, she does. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. You know, there are 85 verses in the Bible that reference the use of our tongue, so that sounds like it's pretty important to God. Like our opening scripture, it says, "Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of what they speak." Meaning, it could be life or death. Right. Just like right. Ananias and Sapphira, right? right? Exactly. So we see examples of God speaking blessings all through the creation verses of Genesis, like Susan was reading. And we can read many examples of God using his words to bless many throughout the entire Bible. Mm-hmm. But does God curse? Well, yeah, we, we see that, you know, first curse right away in Genesis three fourteen through 15, where God curses the serpent, right? Right. Right. So it says, you know, then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. And to the man, he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. So I found about 19 verses in the Bible where God was doing the cursing. You know, so is it? I mean, I'm asking the question. Is it biblical for God's children to divvy out blessings and curses? Good point. I mean, you know, because I I think, oh, yeah, we're supposed to bless, right? But it also says that we're to curse just like God. Yeah. Well, Jesus and the fig tree. Right. Right. There's good fruit. And we do what... He did. Right. We follow his example. Well, for anything that the enemy is a part of. Right. We would curse things that we are led by God to curse. Exactly. Right? You know, you don't want to just, we're not going to be throwing out curse words again. We're not going back on that. We've already covered that's wrong. (laughs) Throw out curses of people that are cutting you off on the highway. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Let's look at the Bible. What does the Bible say, right? Right. (laughs) Okay, so in Genesis 12, God called Abram out of his pagan land to form his very own nation of people who would be just like him, act like him, conduct their lives according to his rules, speak like him, and live according to his appointed times and seasons. They would also worship only the Most High God, Yahweh, and no other gods, and they would be a holy nation. 
So in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, it says, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your families, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. And I'll make you into a great nation. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. And I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So thinking about that, you know, in Jeremiah 1, 6 through 10, God calls out young Jeremiah to be a prophet. This is just another example. Yeah. He says, then I said, ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak for I'm only a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a youth for to all to whom I send you, you shall go and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Mm. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. That's good. So that's where we see the cursing and the blessing at play. Right. You know? Exactly. So all throughout the Bible, we see examples of prophets speaking word, you know, God's words into the earth over his people, giving direction, motivation, and encouragement to follow in the ways of Yahweh. Right. But, you know, we too can prophetically speak blessings over the earth, over God's people, over our land, over government, over our families, our marriages, and over ourselves. Yes. And like Susan mentioned, you know, when she predicted the traffic light, you know, was going to change. Our words, although part of our everyday speech, can bring curses or blessings on ourselves. Right. See, and I've known and learned about word curses over the past 12 years since going through my own personal spiritual deliverance. And word curses are words we speak over ourselves, over others or objects, and pretty much anything that we aim our words at, like, you know, arrows, right? Or darts, (laughs) depending on the words. A curse brings spiritual death. It opens the door to Satan to rob us of our spiritual rights as God's children to enjoy God's abundant life, including love and joy and peace, health. He robs us of our providence and protection and more. Yes. You know, to be free of curses, we must humbly confess and repent of our sins in Jesus' name so that we can receive healing and restoration from God. In John 10.10, it says, The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And I would say that with all the sickness and disease and poverty and pain that many people, especially Christians, have occurring in their lives, could it be that we've been one of the main reasons so many of us aren't living healthy, blessed, and abundant lives? Wow, that's good. It's something to think about. Mm. You know, 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Yes, amen. So humbling ourselves before God and asking Him to examine our hearts and asking God to reveal to us the things that we've done wrong, things we've spoken, things we've misspoken, is the first step to changing our behavior and our mindset and turning our lives around in a greater direction. Yep. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you meaning he'll lift you up. Right. And so repentance is the next step in coming clean before God. That's so important. And changing our ways, right? Mm -hmm. So repentance is a change of mind or a conversion from sin to God. Repentance is the relinquishment of any practice 
from a conviction that it has offended God. Yes. So Matthew 3, 8 says, Prove by the way that you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. And before I went through, you know, the process of deliverance, I would speak things over myself, you know, like sometimes I'd say, oh, I always get a headache when I cry. Oh, my gosh, yes. Oh, he yeah. always acts that way, you know. This, was, this always happens to me. I never feel like I fit in. She drives me crazy when she does that. <laughs> yeah, all those absolutes. Right. Always, always. Always, yeah. always, never. always. Never. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I never get what I ask for. Right? right. See? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> like, how many of us have said that right. over and over and over again? It's right. like, what are we doing? Right. You know, I remember in the past when I was a teenager, I was fighting with my sister, and we were basically having a knockdown drag out fight and, <laughs> and I was screaming at her and I, I remember yelling, I hate your guts across the house. Oh my like gosh. I was so mad. Oh yeah. And I had to repent of that big time because yes. the Lord brought it back to my mind yes. when I was going through things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. what did I say? Right. You know? Yeah. And so yeah, that was big conviction. Yeah. And um we've and all I, done it though. Right. We've all mm-hmm. said we hate somebody or that you know, you wish bad things for them or right. something like that. Because well, again, we just repeat things that we've, we've heard, heard others speak right. over the our enemy, lives. Yeah. The enemy's whispering right. it to us. We too. repeat what our parents have said, right? Grandparents, whoever we're around, friends. Yes. We just start picking up on it and TV, repeating. Social media. Or like a parrot, you know, yes. we just repeat what we've heard. Right. But we have no idea the origin of those words, yes. right? Right. And the impact that it can have on our lives. Right. But like I said, it was after I went through the process of deliverance, which is, you know, deliverance is just simply repentance of things that I've done or taken part of that are out of the will of God and just coming into an understanding of my identity in Jesus Christ. Right. Not only was I free from strongholds of sin in my life, but because I recognized who I was in Christ, my behavior and my my speech changed, you know, my identity. Right. So I really think knowing who you are in Christ, your identity, is key in changing things around. You know, living in fellowship with God, walking in His ways, and using our words correctly for His kingdom and for His glory. It becomes more of a part of us when we truly know who we are and why we've been placed here on this earth. Right. Mm-hmm. So studying the Word of God reaffirms and encourages us to understand who we are, the benefits we get to walk in because we're God's children, and because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we're empowered to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, and have a wonderful, intimate relationship with our Creator. He's the God of the of the cosmos. Yes, we yes. get to have relationship with That's Him. That's right. Mm-hmm. It just blows my mind. Yeah, you know, and we see the great benefits that are ours to claim, and we also see the responsibility that comes with it. And because we understand the weighty responsibility that we carry. It changes our everyday behavior and our speech. So instead of saying, I have to live a holy life, I say, I get to live a holy life as a priest and a king to my God. Mm -hmm. He sets me up on a pedestal saying I'm a priest and a king. That's a high position. Yes, because he loves you. He loves us so much. Right. I think Satan has downplayed and made us look like, oh, you know, you have to be a slave to God, you know. No, I get to be a king and a priest to my God. I'm an ambassador for Christ and for his kingdom. It's a whole different way of thinking. Right. It's elevated thinking. Yes. You know, don't let the enemy tear it down. That's right. 
So instead of thinking like the rest of the world, like I said, you know, and listening to the lies of Satan telling you that you're going to look weird, you know, as an example, if that you're going to look weird to everyone if you pray over somebody in public. So instead of that, you think, I get to represent Jesus to this person and bring healing to their life and possibly change their life for all eternity. Isn't that amazing? Right? Yeah, that whole concept. Right, because the, the devil's saying you're going to look weird, you're going to be humiliated, everybody's going to make fun of you. But instead, it's the opposite. Yes. It's the opposite because I can't tell you how many times I've prayed over somebody and they're like, what do they say? Thank you. Yes. I needed that. Yes. Right. Right? Yes. Like Susan was just coming in today and she was telling us about an instance she had this morning at the grocery store and she sees this woman all the time, you know, as the cashier. And she was having a really bad day today and, and pain and Tell us, Susan. Yeah, Yeah, well, um, I was in a huge, huge hurry because I was trying to quickly buy some chicken to cook for my kids' lunch that day. And uh, so I was, she was telling me all about this, and I just thought, you know, Lord, I do not have time. time. (laughs) Either multiply my time or, or just... Do I do it? Do right. I pray for her? Do I just pass this I moment I really got to go. I really got to go, Lord. I got to go. And I said, you know what? I don't know what your beliefs are, but can I pray for you? Because mm-hmm. she was experiencing pain. Right. And uh, and so I stopped. And, you know, of course, there's there's cameras all over. And yeah. I, I don't. And there's people shopping, doing their thing. Yeah. I don't care about the cameras. No, <laughs> no. But my first thought was, oh, I don't know if she's going to get in trouble by her employees. Right, you know what I right. mean? But that, I can't control that. So yeah. I, I'd rather pray than right. ever get in trouble. You're the customer. <laughs> right. <That's> right. <laughs> so I prayed over her and I just, you know, I don't know what be- your beliefs are. but I, So we prayed and she was very thankful. Mm-hmm. Very thankful. That was the first words out of her mouth. Yes. Yes. You know, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It, it just and it blessed you. It did bless me. I was elevated by far when I walked out of there, right. ready to take on the day. Yes. Right. You yes. took a step of faith yeah. and courage, and just prayed over her, and she was thankful for it. Yeah. No yeah. one's gonna say, "Well, that was the worst prayer in my life I've ever experienced <laughs> in my life." <laughs> How dare you pray over me? Yeah. Never have I ever had that experience. Right. Me right. Either. Change your mindset. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, it's mind-blowing reality to know that who you are in Christ and that His Holy Spirit possesses your soul and your life. I get to enjoy all the heavenly benefits that Adam and Eve once enjoyed in the Garden of Eden, ruling and reigning and subduing the earth as it was originally intended by God our Father. Right. You know, in in our Bible study years ago, I was given a list. It's called the I Am's. So good. Yeah, it is. And it's a, just a list of scripture after scripture that reminds us of who we are in Christ. And it's a great reminder to keep before your eyes and just to read over to put God's truth inside of you so that you never forget who you are, right? That's right. So like one of them, just as an example, I'll give you a few of them. It says, I am sanctified, set apart completely for God. It's from 1 Corinthians six eleven. Another one is, I am a partaker, a shareholder of God's divine nature. That's from 2 Peter 1, 4. I am delivered from the powers of darkness and permanently set in Jesus' kingdom. That's Colossians 1.13. And that's a good one to remember when, you know, you've been saved and the enemy is attacking you and or you fear the devil yes. and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's just to remember, I am delivered from the powers of darkness and I'm permanently set in Jesus' kingdom. Get away from me, Satan, right. in yeah. Jesus' name. <laughs> right. That's good. 
Another one is, I'm a daughter or the son of God. You know, daughter or son. You right. just depending on if you're male or female. So right. <laughs> I'm a daughter or son of God. That's right. from Romans eight fourteen, and that just reminds you that of your authority. It reminds you of your royalty. Right. That's what right. I was thinking. Is the royalty is who you are. Yep. You know, yep. you're part of His kingdom. That's your divine lineage. That's right. Yes. <laughs> right. You know that list that I have. It's like two pages long. So I'm not going to read them all. But you can just even keep as you go through the scriptures. You can keep adding on more I am's as you discover, you know, more about yourself and God's truth. Right. It's truly empowering and it's life-changing. Just it's a life-changing thing to know and to really understand who you are and your purpose here on earth. And the more you know God's word, the more time you spend alone with him in prayer, the more you become transformed into the image of God. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. You know, we talk about it all the time. Intimacy Mm -hmm. with God changes everything. And, and I love the I am's. They are powerful and encouraging when you've had a, a horrible day. Yeah. All we need to do is speak God's word over our, our situation, and the enemy loses his power over us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mine are in a laminated page. Yes, we've, we've <laughs> seen them, Susan. Susan laminates everything, man. <laughs> but it works. Her. It works. It's, she takes them with her wherever she goes. Yes. It's protected. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so how can we use the power of our words to bless others? The first thing that we need to do is take ownership of the things that we say, right? Mm -hmm. Recognize that your words have power, and when you speak negatively to others or even about yourself, it will result in negative things. We don't want that. So, for example, let me say this up front. I no longer do this. (laughs) (laughs) Disclaimer. Oh, boy. Disclaimer. It was before I got saved, but I was, you know, writing my notes for this episode, and the Lord brought it back to my mind. And I had totally forgotten about it. And I was like, really, Lord, you really want me to tell this story? <laughs> this is me being hot, you know, honest, open, and transparent. And I, I used to have road rage. That's what hot means, everybody. Yes. It's an acronym for honest, honest open, open, and, and transparent. transparent. Yes. I just wanted to let you Clear guys know that. that. Up, right? <laughs> we are kind of hot in yeah. there. But <laughs> <laughs> honest a lot. Um, you know, I used to have road rage. I've talked about it before. I had it really bad. And I remember I used to get so angry at other drivers because they would cut me off or slam on their brakes or they were driving too slow or in the <laughs> wrong lane, you know, and all of these horrible, evil thoughts would come to my mind. And, and some I would even speak out loud like, I hope you get in a wreck. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hope you drive into a ditch. Uh, <laughs> you know, I hope you get a speeding ticket. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, where do those cuts? Where do those thoughts come from? You know, they certainly work from the Lord. Right. No. They were they were from our enemy, Satan. And I never knew if any one of those people ever actually had a wreck or if they drove into a ditch. But the words should never have been spoken. I should have never said them. Mm-hmm. They were hateful, evil, mm-hmm. and harmful to someone else. So, you know, even if we say negative things in the heat of, of our anger, they cannot be excused. Did I really mean it when I said those things? No. But I, I still said them. And I had to ask God to forgive me for saying those hateful things. And this was the people that I had never even met. Right. I don't even know them. I don't know. Or you may have actually really meant it, you right. know. Yeah. You, you know, I'm like saying, well, Kath, this is before you became a Christian, but uh, there's a lot right. of Christians that talk that, that way. And thing. yeah. Right. You right. Know, it's the power of our words. You just don't speak those things because not only are you speaking curses to other people, but it angers God. And you don't get blessed when you when you speak things like that. Right. Right. It's just being aware of it. We're hurting God's reputation. Yes. When we talk like that, we right. make him look bad. Right. Because we're his representatives. Yeah. Right. Well, mm-hmm. it's even worse when you say it out loud to someone you know. Right. Right. Because it, it, they hear it. 
They mm-hmm. receive it, and then they have to deal with the hurt that comes from that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So take ownership of the things that you've said or done in the past and repent and ask, repent and ask God to forgive you. And remember, remember what Susan just talked about. Your words have the power to either bless or curse others. Choose to bless others, and God will in turn bless you. Another way the power of our words can be used to bless others is what Laura just talked about. Once you've recognized and taken ownership of this issue, ask God how to change your behavior so that you don't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Ask him to change your mindset towards anyone you come into contact with. Ask the Lord to show you how you can speak positive words over the people you know and love and start speaking positive words over yourself. Don't listen to what the enemy is saying about your finances or your job or your health, your marriage, your children, your home. Don't listen to it. Kick that stuff out as soon as it starts entering your mind. Speak what God's word says about every single one of those things. Look up scriptures. We're talking about the I am's. Mm-hmm. And speak them out loud every single day until you see that thing move in the right direction, whatever it is, which is what God has for you, not what the enemy has for you. And now I want to share with you the encounter in heaven that I had. It's a vision that the Lord gave me on the power of our words. And, and this was back on March the 30th of 2023. So I was taken to heaven, and Jesus was waiting on me. He took me into a room I had never been to before. It was a weaving room where they make garments or clothes in heaven. This is so cool, guys. Mm-hmm. There was so much activity, and there was just, it was a huge room. Like I mean, it was just huge, big room. And I didn't even know where to where to start. I'm just standing there going, "What is going on?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Jesus took me to a weaving and a sewing station, and I stood there and I watched, and I was so amazed at what I saw. So the person sitting at the station was holding this beautiful fabric in her hands and she would speak a name, the person's name that she was creating the garment for. Mm -hmm. And I watched as hundreds of words popped up in the air right in front of this person and they would, they were floating. Mm. Okay. Just so amazing. Uh, She grabbed one of those words. She would grab one of the words and she placed the word on the garment. And then she began to stitch and weave that word into the garment and it was done with painstaking care, like she was taking her time doing it. And she repeated this over and over again with all the words that were floating in front of her. Hmm. And I was in awe of this. I knew it had deep meaning. And I looked over at Jesus, who was just grinning at me. He was he was <laughs> grinning at the look on my face because I was astonished. I was like, what is going on? And he's just like, give me this look like, got you on this one. You know, he said, these words that you see are words that Father God has spoken over the person that she's creating this garment for from before they were born, just like his word says, before they were in their mother's womb. Wow. These words are then stitched into the garment for them to wear in heaven, Mm. right? So I started reading some of the words that were floating in in the air. Overcomer, steadfast, faithful, beautiful daughter, wonderful mother, graceful wife, forgiving, honorable, leader, teacher, strength. There were so many words, and I stood and watched while each one was sewn into this beautiful garment. Mm, Makes me think. Yeah. Was that you? I don't know, because I don't... It's obviously a woman, you know. I I don't... I didn't hear the name spoken. I don't But Jesus was grinning ear to ear, and I'm just wondering if... I don't know. He's like, you don't even know what they're sewing into your garment. Yeah. Yeah, well, but then there's more, so maybe it's not. So okay, all right, all right. So as, as soon as <laughs> as soon as she finished stitching it, it was folded perfectly and placed on the end of a table. So I watched as an angel came to pick up the garment. And Jesus took my hand, and we followed the angel. And I discovered that I was going to witness the angel delivering 
the garment to its owner. Okay. So yeah, I had to remember that. Mm. And as we approached, I could see the excitement on the person that was going to get it on her face. And she was so excited. She stood up and allowed the angel to help her put it on. It fit her so well, perfectly. And she seemed wow. to glow with God's glory. And it took my breath away. And Jesus said, these words that God spoke over her are such a part of who she is. She knows them well. They are very familiar to her. The look of astonished joy in her face said it all. It will stay with me for a long time. She looked happy, peaceful, joyful, and loved all at once. Jesus continued, She is wrapped in the Father's love, and His glory goes with her wherever she goes. I knew this woman served the Lord well when she was here on earth. It was a wonderful testimony to who she is and how she served the Lord. And then the Lord said, Many words are spoken over all of my children. I know them before they are placed in their mother's womb. Words have power to lift up or tear down. So many of my children are torn apart because of words that others have spoken to them or about them. If they only knew what I have spoken over them. Mm. If they only knew how much I love them. If they only knew what the enemy meant for harm, that I will turn to good. And that's from Genesis 50, 19 through 21 and Romans, 9, or Romans 12, 19 through 21. Yeah, that just makes me think, you know, that when we're having that intimate time with the Lord, mm -hmm. that we could ask him, what are some of the words that you're speaking over me, Father? Yes, absolutely, you could ask, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If they only knew how the enemy operates, they would never rebuke all harmful words that are spoken to them or over them. Your words have power. This is Jesus speaking. Mm -hmm. We speak words of life over you. Your enemy speaks death and destruction over you. Do not listen to his voice. Instead, hearken to my voice. For I know the plans I have for you. They are good plans. And for what I have spoken over you, what I have created you for will bring joy into this world. I created you to bring me joy. And for you to bring joy, love, and laughter to the ones that I place in and around your life. Do you know I have prepared you for mighty things? I have spoken these words over you eternally. You were chosen by me to impact your family and friends. You are a blessing. You are loved, cherished, and treasured by me. Do not partner with the enemy when negative words are spoken to you or about you. Do not come into agreement with it and start thinking they are right, for they are not. Remember, the words that I have spoken of you are good and only good. Know who you are in me. If you want to know the words the Father has spoken over you, ask me and I will show you. Your words have power. Do not speak ill of other people, for it is the opposite of what I have spoken over them. Instead, speak words of life. Encourage them to walk in what I have called them to do. I will bless those who bless others. Your enemy seeks to devour you. Always remember you are precious to me. And then as I was standing there, he took me into a vision and I saw demonic spirits whispering into someone's ear on earth. And this person then went to another person and started speaking horrible words to them. You're ugly. You're stupid. You will never be successful. No one loves you. I don't love you. You're worthless. You know, y'all heard those, mm -hmm. words, right? That's horrible. And I watched. I Did watched. you know that growing up, I never thought I was pretty? Yeah, same. Me too. Mm -hmm. And my mom would say, oh, you know, you're beautiful, Laura. But, you know, I never, it's your mom, right? right. And so right. I... I never really thought I was that pretty yeah. until basically my husband told me, me that, too. you know, but of course you and I both met our husbands when they were young, young. <laughs> right. but yeah, 
it's because I, I believe the lies that the enemy was speaking me over too. me. Me mm-hmm. too. It was awful. Mm-hmm. But there was other words. Oh, yeah. I was told because I was so skinny. I would My nickname was Toothpick, and I had no, I didn't feel feminine at all. Mm. I was just a straight stick. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, just so many things that I just, you take what people say about you, and then you do your own damage sure. to yourself. You speak right. those words of, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror, and you don't see what God created, you don't, you see ugly, mm-hmm. right? It just is so damaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yep. All right, here we go. So I watched as the person's face changed to fear, unbelief, and sadness. This is the person that was getting spoken right. bad words to them. You know, the joy was sucked out of them. And when they stood up and began to walk, they carried it with them, and it began to wear them down. The torment and suffering took over their life. And I watched as more demon spirits followed this person, whispering into their ears, pushing, antagonizing, trying to convince them that they were everything that was spoken to them, everything that they thought about themselves. I knew in my spirit that this was a vicious cycle that's repeated over and over again. The enemy uses this a lot Mm -hmm, to to tear us down. And it's causing harm to so many people. And then Jesus said, daughter, words have power. And it's time to speak my truth about this. Tell them the harm that it causes and tell them to speak words of life over themselves and over my children. Bring them back to me so I can wipe away all that the enemy has done. Teach them. Mm -hmm. That's what he said. Jesus wants us to understand this principle. Our words affect the people around us. Our words have the power to either uplift or tear down and destroy. Speak words of life, not death. Choose to encourage the ones around you instead of discouraging them. Choose to be kind instead of being mean. When you choose not to say or speak negative things, you will see God's blessings in your life. His hand will be over you, and you will see it in others as well. Always remember, the words you speak have power, so make sure they are kind, positive, encouraging, and uplifting words that will bless others. That was a good episode. Mm-hmm, I, yeah. just, I just felt like that was so important for us to do that. So I hope it blessed you guys too, you know. I think that's why the Lord gave you that vision. Yeah. He yeah really it was did meant to be poured out. It was beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's all the time we have today. We hope you enjoyed our discussion again, and we, we'll be right here next week. Yeah, and we just want to close with this scripture from 1 Peter 3.10. For if you want joy in your life and have happy days... Keep your tongue from saying bad things and your lips from talking bad about others. Yeah, and today's episode was edited by Caitlin Beck. Thank you so much, Caitlin. We appreciate you. Yes, we do. We do. We want to reference again Charles Capp's book, the one that Susan was talking about, God's Creative Power. It's a really good. So good. Encouraging Mm -hmm. book. And then Joyce Myers, Let God Fight Your Battles. And we also mentioned a leak earlier, I think. So we'll put that link in the notes section of this episode. Before you go, we invite you to please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. Also, please subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. And we just want to thank you for listening and allowing us to pour pure truth into you today. And we would love to hear from you. So please email us at puretruthpodcast3, that's the number three, at gmail.com. All right. And please visit our websites. Mine is kathyzaka.com. Mine is laurapotter.us. And mine is susanoffin.com. And I hope you'll join us next time. And remember, live thirsty. Thank you. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may his face shine upon you and give you his peace. Until next time. Susan, Laura, and Kathy.
Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Cast Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music.